Now people say, can you get me into Bed Bath & Beyond? Can you get me here? Absolutely. And even help you get connected with the sharks in Shark Tank. And I saw that, uh, that just broke my heart. That's why when I came here, I just say I have to do something about this. I've literally helped create hundreds of brands. Because we had this unique offering, they saw it as a value to be able to bring to their communities and their attendees. Want to patent your invention? The chance is near. You've given it heart. Now get it in gear. It's Passage to Profit with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Welcome to Passage to Profit, everybody. I'm Richard Gearhart. And I'm Elizabeth Gearhart. And Passage to Profit is the show all about entrepreneurs, small businesses, and the intellectual property that helps them flourish. And we have Kenya Gibson here, who was the creator of this show, really. It was her brainchild. And she approached us with the idea, and we said, yeah, why not? But that was how That long? was 100 shows ago. Can you believe that? We've shows. been on the air for 100 shows. And so thank you, iHeart and Kenya. I just want to say congratulations to you guys. You know, you know, having a show, let alone being on the radio, is never an easy thing to do. And the fact that you've been doing this for 100 episodes is a testament to your dedication, to your craft. And we're honored to have you as part of our iHeart family. And thank you for bringing us great content every single week. We appreciate that. And I'll tell you, uh, a lot of the credit goes to Elizabeth and our team. Alicia Morrissey coordinates the show. She finds the guests. She does all the scheduling. She sets up all of the shows. We couldn't do it without her. And the iHeart team has just been great. You know, Scott and Noah in production have been fantastic. They always make us sound better than we really are. And it's just such a pleasure to be working with iHeart Radio. It's a wonderful company, and we're really pleased to be with you. So thank you very much. What's really cool about today is that one of our very good friends who was so supportive, especially at the beginning and was an early presenter on the show, Lisa Askeles is here with us. I am so psyched. Yeah, she was one of our first guests. So good to see you, Lisa. Who else is going to be on the show? We have some great presenters on the show today. So stay tuned. We have Bongai Maioli. And if you could make a difference in someone's life with 25 bucks a month and keep them out of sexual slavery, would you do it? This is what she started doing. I'll let her tell the story. It's amazing. And we have Michael Blue. He has an event company. So, you know, a lot of event companies really hurt during COVID, but he's really figured it out. So people are going to be having events, are having events. You really want to hear how he does this. And then Heather Mariana has natural beauty products and she sent me some and I got to tell you, they smell so good. So stay tuned. Listen to all these people talk about their businesses. They're fascinating people and their stories are wonderful. And it's our hundredth anniversary episode. So I'm very excited about that too. But before we get to our guests, let's do a little bit of intellectual property stuff. Yeah. Since Gearheart Law, Richard's law firm, sponsors the show and pays for it to be on the radio, we do like to talk about intellectual property. The first question that I have for our audience. We know that there's a lot of intellectual property aficionados out there. Can you copyright a chicken sandwich? Don't all answer at once, okay? Because you wouldn't think that you could copyright a chicken sandwich. And if you think that you can't, you'd be right. There was a chef in Puerto Rico not so long ago. His name is Norberto Colon Lorenzana, who claims that he invented the chicken sandwich back in the 1940s. And he claimed that he had a copyright on it, and he sued Church's Chicken for damages and royalties on the concept of a chicken sandwich. Well, thank goodness he didn't win because how would it be if nobody could make a chicken sandwich except him? (laughs) Civilization, as we know, would cease to exist for sure. But he went to court. Of course, this is America. You can sue anybody for anything. And the First Circuit declined, uh, said, no, you can't copyright a chicken sandwich. And then the Court of Appeals, he actually appealed this case. And the Court of Appeals said, no, you can't copyright a chicken sandwich. And what the judge said was, and I quote, a recipe or any instructions listing the combination of chicken, lettuce, tomato, cheese, and mayonnaise (laughs) on a bun to create a chicken sandwich is quite plainly not a copyrightable work. So I guess if you have food products and you want to get a copyright on them, you're out of luck, at least if you show up in front of this judge. So we have IP in the news. And I just wanted to say a little bit about what the USPTO has said, United States Patent and Trademark Office. And on December 31st, the director of the USPTO, who is the Undersecretary of Commerce, 
for intellectual property put out a letter. And that's interesting because the United States Patent and Trademark Office is under the auspices of the Department of Commerce. It's a federal agency. So all patents are federal. So we had been saying throughout the year, everything we've been doing with the USPTO for years has been electronic. So he said that they actually were in a very good position to do everything electronically. And what I found amusing was he said, in fact, we're examining patent applications faster than last year. <laughs> so maybe they're having fewer meetings. That yeah. has to be the only explanation. <laughs> right. right? You know, the, everyone's been working from home for a <laughs> But they were going full bore, as were we. And they did have a few compensations for people because of COVID. Like if you accidentally did something late, they were a little more lenient. They moved some deadlines. And we did a blog about that. But anyway, one thing they did was they did a fast track program for COVID inventions. And, you know, investors aren't going to put a lot of money into any project or invention unless they think that they'll get some of that money back. Some might be totally altruistic, but these drugs and vaccines cost millions of dollars to develop. So they developed a program that allowed any kind of device, medical device, vaccine, mask, medicine or anything like that to go through the patent office more quickly. And we have had so many COVID inventions presented to us by our clients during this period, people really trying to help manage the crisis and, you know, improving treatments. So the patent office has been very cooperative in getting those kinds of inventions through the patent system very quickly. So normally it would take three or four years to get a patent granted if you have filed it at the Patent and Trademark Office. Now they're getting decisions out within eight months or less. So they've really done a great job of stepping up and trying to help move the innovation process forward during this period. So this was from his blog, actually, on the web, USPTO website titled A Year to Remember. And he starts it with a quote from Alfred Lloyd Tennyson. And I really hope this quote is true. It says... <laughs> Hope smiles from the threshold of the year to come, whispering, it will be happier. <laughs> well, we're all hoping for that. That is for sure. I don't know how it can be sadder. <laughs> <laughs> so we're taping this the first Wednesday in 2021. Let's hope for a happy year. I think it's going to be better. I'm very optimistic. And joining us this evening is Lisa Ascalise. She's the founder of Inventing A to Z and has been taking ideas, hers and many others, from concept to fruition over 35 years and launched dozens of products at QVC, HSN, national retail stores, and more. So she also runs the networking group AOE and has conferences and events throughout the year. So welcome back, Lisa. Happy 2021. Happy 2021. We're actually here. Can you believe it? So what do you expect to happen in 2021? Do you think it'll be easier to get products? Because I know some of the things that I ordered got delayed, came after Christmas, even though I ordered them a month before, and it was because the supply chain was all messed up. Do you think that's going to straighten out? I do. I believe it's going to straighten out. I, I think there was such a rush on product and a panic with manufacturers that maybe they were not well prepared enough, right? 2021 is going to be a great year. In fact, I have four products on the water right now from manufacturing on the water that are coming in on time. So I think that everyone has pivoted. They understand what happened in 2020. And now they're going to realign with what's going to happen in 2021. So I think we're in a really good space for getting products on time delivered because they want to get back to business. Manufacturers want to get back to business the right way. You know, when you saw a delay in product, that means they didn't have enough. They had to wait. Nobody wants to wait. Waiting means losing money. Time is money. Right? Time is money. So I want to ask you a quick question. So it seems like the outlook for e-commerce, e-tailing, is great. But what about brick and mortar businesses, Bed Bath and Beyond, Target? Do you think there's going to be a drop off in sales in those stores? Is it going to be harder for entrepreneurs to get their product into brick and mortar stores? Well, there obviously is a drop off. I mean, people are not going physically shopping as, as much as they used to go shopping, but everybody's going online, direct to online. Any product you need, you can find it on target.com. Anything that they have in their stores, you can find online. I remember when QVC went from 20% online shopping 
to 60% online shopping. They pivoted very, very quickly earlier. I think they had foresight. They saw exactly what was going to happen. So is there going to be less foot traffic? 100%. But certainly you can still shop online. The places you like to shop, you'll still be able to shop. Somebody was telling me the other day that you know, Sears made its mark with its catalog business, right? Because they could reach so many people and they had their catalog. These used to be like two, three inch thick catalogs that had all sorts of merchandise in them. And they shut down the catalog business just before the internet business started. Of course, Sears has had a lot of financial trouble. They've been in bankruptcy. But if they had just shifted their catalog business to the online business, they would have been the next Amazon, right? And they just missed that tiny little window. And I just thought that that was a really interesting insight. What I'm seeing, I think you're probably seeing this now too, is there are more shipping opportunities for small business owners at reduced cost. There are a few people now that are helping small business owners find reduced shipping costs. Are you seeing that too? I am. I am. In fact, the name escapes me, but there was one brand in particular who came to me yesterday and said, would you like to start shipping through us? Because we are representative of all of the shippers. Bellhop Ship does that. Lee Torres does that. And I just spoke to another person yesterday who is doing the whole shipping cost thing with his clients too. So don't pay full shipping. If you're a small business person, go talk to Lisa. <laughs> Lisa, what do you advise your clients to do about packaging? I'm so glad you asked this question because one of my clients just asked me how to package. What should they put this particular product in? And you have to think about real estate on a box. And it depends on what the product is. So this particular product belongs in a box because it needs real estate advertisements. Okay. So when you put products in a box, you have four sides to talk about what it is. And I said, use every aspect, including the bottom of the package to showcase what it is. So I am a proponent of putting products in packages that you can explain what the product is without people tearing it apart and looking for those instructions inside. You know, you shouldn't have to fight for that. So I say, put your products in packages that there's lots of size, lots of real estate, as I said, to explain what the product is. I really think that's a good point because I can think of products where I pick it up and it takes me five minutes to figure out what it is and what it does, you need to get that message about what it is out there instantly so people don't have to study the box to know what's in it for sure. At least put the name of it and kind of something about what it does on the product itself. So once it's out of the package, people still know what it is. I like instructions on the outside of the box. I mean, not specific instructions, but physical instructions showing how it works, what it does. For example, if it's a tricycle in the box and you want to show an adult tricycle, you want to show... <laughs> you want to show an adult for one thing. Showing the tires, showing the trails it can ride on, for example. It can ride oh. in snow or it can ride, I don't know why tricycle came to mind, just it. Um, <laughs> but showing where the terrain it can ride on, showing that it can go over rocks and bumps and whatever. I mean, just showing and illustrating what it actually does, as I said before, and how easy it is to put it together. You know, just showing all of those elements, because if anything is complicated these days, we're not doing it. If it's difficult, yeah. we're not doing it. We want things done very, very quickly. So show the ease of use. So where are these packages being made? I and mean, that's kind of a complicated process, right? Because you need to design the package. You need to make sure it fits the product. And then you need to have a sample made and make sure that the sample works right. And then you go to production on these, right? So where do you have that done? In terms of the artwork on packaging, I have that done here. So the artwork is done here. I never get a physical package made here. My manufacturers actually create the package once I provide them with the AI files, the JPEGs, whatever they need in order to develop the package. We don't touch packaging at all. I don't even send samples of packaging. What I do is I make sure I understand, I know the mill, how thick I want it made, give them all of the proper dimensions, the color, and, and that's the AI file. Yeah, so you have all of that done. You don't have to touch anything. And that then is sent to the manufacturer to do. I mean, for those who are creating packaging here, of course, I always look at Uline. They're great help. They can always help you put the package together. Vistaprint is wonderful with helping you with your designs. So there's ways to do it, but I don't touch my packaging at all. It all gets done overseas. So you have the packaging and you have the product. Who puts those two together? Do people sit at their kitchen tables with their spouses and do it themselves? I'm like, what if you sell a thousand units? Like, how does that get done? I always give my clients an option. Some people want to package themselves. I don't know why, but the manufacturer for me does everything. And I say, if they're going to do it for you, do everything in one place. 
I started back in the day, my, my whole family was lined up. We had an assembly line in, from my kitchen to the, to the living room when I put one of my first products on QVC television because I had to put the package in a package in a package. I say, if the factory is going to do it, the manufacturer is going to do it, let them do it. And they're always willing to do that. Right. So you don't have to put that much work into it. It's really not necessary. So do you get like a totally finished sample in the package before you give them the go ahead to do the whole thing? I do. That's a must. So that's called a pre-production sample. So I always encourage my clients to do a 50% down or 30% down or less before they put in, obviously they pay for the whole production because if you pay for the whole production, you can get something back that you really didn't want. And I've had clients do that and it's a big mistake. Give the manufacturers 30% down, get your pre-production sample, which is finished. Everything is on it, including your barcodes, your barcodes, your graphics, everything is there exactly the way it should be. If one thing is left off, they've got to do it again. You know, where it's made, country of origin, all of those things need to be on the packaging, on your pre-production sample, complete. And insist, insist on seeing that pre-production sample, the working model. And I don't care how many pre-production samples you have to order from that factory, don't give up. It's the way it is. You're paying for it. You're paying for something that you want done right. So Lisa, we have to wrap up now and go to commercial pretty quick, but where can people find you? Sure, you can go to my website, inventing a toz.com that's inventing a toz.com thank you for all of your wonderful advice and i'm sure many of our listeners have found it really really helpful we'll be back right after this message this is our hundredth show everybody so stay tuned we have a lot more to come on passage to profit with richard and elizabeth gerhardt what are entrepreneurs most valuable assets their passion and ideas we can't protect your passion but we can protect your ideas trust gearheart law to protect your ideas with premier patent trademark and copyright services there's never been a better time to start your own business contact us at gearheartlaw.com at gearheart law we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs ideas and brands using patent trademark and copyright protection so if you have a new consumer product a new software application that you're planning to build or sell or a brand or company name that you want to protect contact the experts at gearheart law www.gearheartlaw.com don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business all of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearheart. Our 100th show. <laughs> it's like we made it after all. We made it after all. When we started all. this, there were so many people that were like, you're insane. And, and they still are. say that about yeah, They us, still but... say that. But they didn't think we'd last this long, but we did. And it's time for Power Move with Kenny Gibson. So tell us what's on Power Move today. So this is our first official power move of the new year. And I thought it would make sense to talk about the legendary Howard Stern. So everybody knows who Howard Stern is, right? He is what we consider radio royalty. Some like him, some don't. But as they say, there's no such thing as bad press. But right. one of the things that I think that he's been really, really good at as far as not only being able to stay relevant in this business, like he's been in radio a very long time. And believe it or not, someone told him that he should not do radio when he first got started. They told him he should go be a programming director and never crack a microphone. Yeah, it's a true story. If you ever get to watch his biopic, it's an amazing story of how he was told he would never make it. He got on the air. He was able to create a brand for himself and the rest is history. And he did something pretty iconic going into 2021 and he inked the highest paid deal in radio history, he's going to be getting $120 million a year from Sirius XM to continue his radio show and to continue his radio show from home. So who wouldn't pass that deal up? How many listeners does Howard have? Oh man, if I had to guess, I mean, I know when he was on the broadcast terrestrial side, he had probably at least, I would say maybe 5 million plus listeners a, right. a week, right? And then on the Sirius XM side, I would say he's probably somewhere in that realm. And the difference is, is that's paid listeners, right? So it's like, right. you think about people who listen to regular broadcasts for free, you actually have people who are just subscribing to Sirius XM just for him. Right. So there's a Howard right. package and everything. So he's making them a lot of money. Was he the person who 
was the impetus behind coining the term shock jock. I think someone gave him that name, uh, to be honest with you. I don't think he, I don't, I'm not sure. He may have. So if, he, if, he, if he, we have to give him credit, we'll definitely give him credit. But I think someone gave him, called him that. And I think he just ran with it. Well, he was the it's first one. That's he really- was, from what yeah. I can remember. Yeah, he was the first one that kind of got on the radio and really took it to a whole nother level and was able to express himself in probably some obnoxious ways at times. But people respect him. They respect his craft. I mean, anybody who can get on the radio and talk for four hours a day and keep people entertained. And keep the audience, absolutely. <laughs> it's well, it's pretty mean, incredible. Sure. I mean, iHeart, though, has some luminaries as well, right? I mean, Charlemagne, I've heard his audience is around 8 million people, right? And I don't know about the morning show with Elvis Durant. I mean, he's got to be up there, too, in terms of listenership, right? For sure. I mean, you're talking about over 85 plus markets they're in as well. So, you know, the listenership doubles and quadruples when you're syndicated. So, I mean, radio is a real syndication game right now going into this next era. I'm going to tell a shocking story. Tell a shocking story. I normally spend this time talking about Fireside. I kind of took a little time off, but Fireside is going strong. I've got a lot of videos to post. I'm really enjoying it. But we had a situation, a personal situation. Big question that I think it brings to mind for entrepreneurs and everybody else is, when do you decide it's not working? All I wanted for Christmas was a cat. And we had two already. I wanted a third cat. And so I went online, found one at a foster, went to the shelter, met the foster person, did everything I was supposed to do. I'm walking out of the shelter with the cat and the woman says, oh, by the way, you have to give her this medicine and her food every morning. And I'm like, what medicine? Oh, it's cat Prozac. I'm like, no, I think I'm making a mistake. So I get her home. The cat will not eat. So, so you can't take the Prozac. So it can't take the pro. It gets crazier and crazier. I call the shelter. I'm like, this is not working. And they're like, oh, give it more time. And I'm like, no, this is a mistake. And they're like, no, it's not. You just need to be. I've had cats my entire life. I was born next to a cat. So I know when it's a mistake, but they're talking me out of it. Richard's neutral. Talk to a good friend who is like a no BSR person. And she tells me, take it back. And if they won't take it, take it to a different shelter. I really hated giving up. I've never, ever taken, I've had shelter cats my whole life. It just cowered under this bookshelf. I couldn't get it out. So I said, Richard, can you help me get it out? Biggest mistake of my life. So he sticks his hand in there to pull this feral cat, really, out. It's not on Prozac when it's supposed to be. And he doesn't have gloves on, and it, it bites him so hard and so deep that his hand swells up the size of a balloon. You can see my scars if you magnify this. So he ends up in the hospital for a week. For five days. We get the cat back in the carrier. I take it back to the shelter. So I I just want to say, if you ever get the chance to go to a hospital, avoid it like the plague, (laughs) especially a a hospital that's preparing for a large influx of COVID. (laughs) It's a good thing you came this week. (laughs) That's what they told me. So so we're, we're seeing it ramp up. And so I had, I had like, you know, the, the nurse that comes in and draws blood, they sent somebody in who was very inexperienced. She stabbed me like six times and she still couldn't get any blood out of my arm at four o'clock in the morning. And they had me on three different types of antibiotics. And of course, everybody I speak to says, you're in the hospital for a cat bite? What's wrong with you? And so I will just say that that was totally unexpected and we really... We so, paid a price for that cat, but, let's put it that way. But the story is not over. So I gave up on that cat, but I still wanted a cat. And Richard's like, I don't know. So the day after he comes home from the hospital, I say, hey, I got this text from this two hands saving four paws. And they brought these cats up from Georgia and they have them. They're going to have them at this pet store. And she wants me to come and get a cat. And he said, okay. Just because one cat is bad doesn't mean that all cats are bad, right? And so I put my logic cat on and I said, this is ridiculous. Why should I just, why, you know? And also I wanted to stay married because I realized <laughs> that was very important yeah. to Elizabeth. So we drove an hour and got another cat who is just an absolute joy. So I made the right decision giving up on something that I've never, ever had to give up on before. And going in a different direction to a different cat. So 
I think that's really hard for a lot of us if we have our hearts in something, but we're losing money year after year and like for 10 years, when do you give it up? So sometimes you just have to admit you made a mistake and give up and go in a different direction. I like that going in a different direction, not necessarily giving up on what it is that you really want and your passion, but you know, turning things around a little bit. I like that. And you're a saint, Richard. I was going to say you're a brave soul because it would have took me at least a year to recover from the, the trauma of the, the hospital thing alone. So <laughs> I didn't think the story was going to go that way. I didn't think well, we were going in that direction with the well, new Well, listen, this is shock radio. This is why we're here. There you go. This is shock radio. I figured the cat was like way cheaper than a diamond necklace. So I. <laughs> We're going to go to break and then stay tuned. If you missed Lisa's discussion at the beginning about what entrepreneurs are doing in 2021, it'll be on our podcast tomorrow. If you want to see a picture of the fabulous new cat that we did get, go to our social media, Passage to Profit Show. You are listening to Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart with our special guest, Lisa Ascalese on WOR 710, the voice of New York. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearheart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearheart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed, and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non-attorney. Spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. Our hundredth episode. How exciting is that? We're still here to tell the tales. What's coming up next is extremely moving. If you've ever wanted to be able to help pretty much save a life or change a life with just a little bit of money, Manga has figured out a way to help you do it. She started a nonprofit. So I'm not going to say anything more about it. I'm going to let her explain. So without further ado, Thank you, Elizabeth and Richard, for having us here today, and I'm honored to be here. Yeah, so my name is Bongai Moloi. I am the CEO and the founder of a nonprofit organization. The name of it is called American and African Youth Leadership Foundation. So the name comes because I was born and raised in Zimbabwe, and I moved to the United States in 1985 with my husband. I grew up in Zimbabwe and um, I started my nonprofit in 2010. I will go into detail further as I go on telling my story. But today we are in 2021 and believe it or not, a lot of uh, worldwide, a lot of girls are robbed of their education. They are robbed of their health. They are robbed of their aspirations because they are getting married off to much older guys due to poverty, due to all kinds of situations in their homes. Even here in the United States, we still have child marriages. So I knew way back when I was still little that I wanted to do something and help girls that are vulnerable, that are at a disadvantage. That's why I chose to go into this um, field that I'm in. So that's why I started my nonprofit organization. And as I was growing up in Zimbabwe, I witnessed child marriages in my own family. My grandfather, he was 75 at the time, and he was married, he married a young girl. She was about 12 years old at the time. I know that because we were about the same age. And we were wondering why is she doing, you know, at my grandfather's house. And my mother told us that she was married off by her father due to poverty. So I saw this girl, she was so miserable. She was crying every day. We were going to school, my sisters and I, but this young girl, she was not allowed to go to school. She was not allowed to play outside just like little girls do because now she had to take herself as a wife, as you know, she had to prepare to be a mother. So she didn't want that. And I saw that and uh, that just broke my heart. 
That's why when I came here, I just say I have to do something about this. Anyway, this young girl ended up running away two years later. And I am thankful that she didn't have any kids with my grandfather before she ran away. And, um, but there are a lot of girls that are in the situation. They end up being mothers at age 12, 13, and 14. So that's, you know, those kind of stories, it just, you know, make me want to do more of what I do. What you do with your nonprofit is you get money from people and then the families will let the girls go to school if somebody gives them money, right? Absolutely. For that. Otherwise, the girls, they, they're too poor. If there's a boy, the boy gets to go to school, but they're Absolutely. too poor to see the value in sending a girl to school. So this 12-year-old girl, I think you said your grandfather was 75 or something? Yes. And, and, so, and she has to have a baby with him at yes. like 13. Yeah. Wow. And and that just ruins her whole life. She can't get any education. And then the guy dies, right? Yes. Yes. Actually, my grandfather died uh, two years after she ran away. So that means if she had had a child with him, she was going to be a single mother at age 12 or 13. And she had to figure out how to raise this child. She had to figure out how to survive because she didn't go to school. She has no skills. So she has to figure out a lot of different things. And uh, she's still a child herself. So for her to figure all that out, it's just, it's like life ends, you know, once that happens. How can you prevent these marriages from taking place in the first place? Is there anything anyone can do? That's what I'm doing right now. My organization, we go in, I work with uh, one particular community in Zimbabwe, which is like, like the rural area. Mostly in Zimbabwe, yeah, we still have that law that says, 18 and below you are still a child you are not allowed to get married but in these rural areas a lot of people don't follow those rules it still happens today so my organization will go and we select these girls that are getting married off because they are going through a lot of gender biases so the families they are poor and they will opt to send their boys to school and leave the girls behind because as they grow up and they become, uh, they go through puberty, now they, they have to be trained to be a mother, they have to be trained to be a wife. So the girls are always, you know, behind. So we go in as an organization, we provide scholarships to these girls and we keep them in school. The good thing about it is that the families, they won't object to having an organization or anybody who is willing to pay for their school fees you know, send them to school. That's the good part. Otherwise, it will be a non-starter. But the good thing is the families will be like, okay, if you can pay for my daughter to go to school, that's okay. The only reason they are doing this is because they cannot afford to sometimes to get food, you know, when it's on. So to send a girl to school. So the reason they are marrying them off is that the girl will go off to whoever is marrying them. So now it's no longer his responsibility. It's the husband's responsibility now to feed the girl and the child. How much money do they receive to allow their girl to go to school? The parents don't, don't receive any money for the girl to go to school. So what my organization does is that we provide scholarships and I deal with the school. So we just register the girl into the school. She gets uh, accepted in the school. We pay school fees. Now she can go to school. Some of the girls, we even keep them at the school so that they can stay there because some of them have to walk like five miles to go to school. So we have a place that we can keep them in. But the parents, they don't receive anything. They just um, let us come in and we send the, kids, the girls to school. And, and what is the cost of a scholarship? Okay, so for one girl to stay in school for the whole entire year, it costs 300 US dollars. So the, in Zimbabwe, we have three semesters, school semesters per year. So one semester is $100 school fees. So for the three semesters is a total of $300. And that will cover everything that she needs for her to stay in school and change her life forever. Hmm. Wow. And you get, you get that money from donors, from people who want to give to your nonprofit, people like us, people like our listeners, and you'll take $25 a month, right? Yes. And anybody who wants to sponsor a girl, which is $300 a year, we break it down to $25 a month. A lot of people that are sponsoring girls now, they go on our website, they um, sign up to be a monthly donor or sponsor. So every month, if they got, they come on the 20th of each month, so every 20th of the month, 
it automatically goes to our account, our nonprofit organization account. And um, I just sent the school fees for January for the beginning of the year semester. So every year, every semester begins, I send the fees for all the girls to the school. I don't send it to the families. And what is your website again? So our listeners can go there now and, and sign up. Yes, yeah, so the website is www.endchildmarriages.org. And if you go there, you can just click on the uh, site and it's very simple. Everything is step by step and you become a sponsor. And once you become a sponsor, I will give you the picture of the girl that we select to be your sponsee. And you will get her story, why she is in the program, because it's a lot of different stories. Um, and you get to get school progress. Every end of the semester, you get a progress report of how she's doing uh, in the school. We're glad that you're out there doing this work. So thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you for having me here. Passage to Profit, we have to go to a break now. That was a real heart thugger story. We'll be back right after this. Hi, I'm Lisa Askley, the inventress, founder, CEO, and president of Inventing A to Z. I've been inventing products for over 38 years, hundreds of products later and dozens of patents. I help people develop products and put them on the market from concept to fruition. I bring them to some of the top shopping networks in the world, QVC, HSN, Evine Live, and retail stores. Have you ever said to yourself, someone should invent that thing? Well, I say, why not make it you? If you want to know how to develop a product from concept to fruition the right way, contact me, Lisa Askeles, the inventress. Go to inventingatoz.com, inventingatoz.com. Email me, lisa at inventingatoz.com. Treat yourself to a day chock full of networking, education, music, shopping, and fun. Go to my website, inventingatoz.com. Now back to Passage to Profit. Once again, Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. We're also on any number of your regular podcast formats. You can also go to our website and find us there. And our YouTube channel, if you want to see what we look like. (laughs) (laughs) If you haven't already. And we have a lot of social media, too. No Passage to Profit or Passage to Profit show. And you can see the beautiful flowers sitting between Elizabeth and I, given to us by iHeart and Kenny Gibson for our 100th show anniversary. Now we're on to Michael Blue talking about events at Event Hub. Tell us about your project. Thanks for having me on your show. And I love it so far. I'm also a cat rescuer myself. So I love that story. And I know that uh, that's not going to happen in the next one. The next one's going to be an amazing cat. So (laughs) Um, Event Hub is a sponsorship platform for events, meaning that we work with festivals, fairs, expos, sporting events. And we help, if you could think about essentially Airbnb for booth and sponsorship space at events, and traditionally live events, that's essentially what Event Hub is at its core. Now, during COVID, no live events. So what do you do, right? And what we did was we, we talked to our customers, talked to the community, and realized that, you know, there were a lot of these billion-dollar startups doing these video conferencing apps, like your Hopkins and, and such, but there was no one really attacking the need for consumer event engagement and really building a platform that allowed attendees to easily navigate, discover, and engage with entertainment-focused events, and then that had sponsorship deliverables for brands to be able to engage with those attendees through those virtual consumer events. So 2020 was a a big year of adapting for us, and we were able to come up with a virtual expo that was specifically focused as specialized very well for consumer events and consumer event sponsorship online. So give us some examples of some events that you've done. Yeah, we ended up working with all three of the top largest U.S. marathons last year, the New York Marathon, um, Chicago Event Management produces the Bank of America Chicago Marathon, uh, and then this group Conventures that produces the expo for the Boston Marathon. So we had a really great response from the community in terms of people that we never, even, you know, we, we hadn't been on the radar for before, but because we had this unique offering, they saw it as a value to be able to bring to their communities and their attendees. On the other side, we work with events because of this, like the American Cancer Society and the uh, Assistance League East Side, and really great nonprofits that do good community work and, and do a lot of you know, good, especially in 2020, when there's been such a struggle across the board. How does uh, a marathon look on video? Is it a lot of people on treadmills or uh, <laughs> what is the what is the format there? 
there's been some really great runner apps that have spun up and essentially it's like a Facebook on steroids for runners while well, steroids is a bad word in the racing industry. So we won't say that, but uh, it's essentially really a souped up community app that's very focused on peer motivation and it's runners, they're running outside, but they're running in groups of four or less, or they're running individually on these courses. Um, some of the races have people run the circuit and then they just do it at their own pace or some just run it wherever they're at and then it clocks it. And it's more about engaging with the community, sharing what they love about the race and a live version of the year and, and things like that. Um, our specialization is actually focused around the expo. So when you think about a big race, a couple of days typically before the race, there's a massive expo is like a health and wellness type of event. And you can go and find aspects of nutrition, training, products and services, all the things that would help you gear up and become a better runner. Uh, you can think about parallels with that across other types of events as well. If it's a fair, it's going to be maybe you need your windows or maybe you need to get some, some fair food virtually delivered to you or something like that. So there's a lot of really cool things you can do to interact with uh, the vendors and the sponsors at these events virtually. And that's the part that we come in and help bring to the table. So it's definitely less cost, but it takes careful thought and planning and production. It's definitely not something you want to just slap together in a couple seconds. One thing I wanted to mention, since your colleague mentioned it was hard to grasp the concept, is that we are going to be partnering with a, a charity org called Random Acts. And we're going to be producing a virtual pet expo. It's going to be in February. So go to, stay tuned to eventhub.net. We'll be posting a lot of info about that. But we're really excited. We had a customer that was a virtual nonprofit pet adoption, and they had over 300 animals adopted. And we're going to be doing something like that focused on the Los Angeles area. So if you're a shelter or a rescue that happened to be listening to this, reach out to us. We'd love to have you on board. And we're, it's totally 100% free for all the rescues and shelters. We're just donating our time as a staff to produce it as well. We look forward to bringing that to the community. Awesome. So I love that. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you very much, Michael. Yeah, and it sounds that. like your company is up and running, eventhub.net. And you'll be able to catch the latest events and maybe even schedule one of your own. So we'll be back with more Passage to Profit right after this. What are entrepreneurs' most valuable assets? Their passion and ideas. We can't protect your passion, but we can protect your ideas. Trust Gearheart Law to protect your ideas with premier patent, trademark, and copyright services. There's never been a better time to start your own business. Contact us at GearHeartLaw.com. At GearHeart Law, we have years of experience protecting entrepreneurs' ideas and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at GearHeart Law. www.GearHeartLaw.com. Don't let the wrong protection strategy ruin your business. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection and are licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Contact Gearheart Law on the web at G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. Together, we can change the world. This ad has been read by a non-attorney spokesperson. Passage to Profit continues with Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart. And our special guest, the inventress, Lisa Askelis. We have been talking to fabulous entrepreneurs and people doing good in the world on this show. If you've missed any of it, our podcast comes out tomorrow on iHeart and all the major podcast platforms. So now I'm going to introduce Heather Mariana. She has natural skin products and she sent me some before Christmas. And when the girls were home, my daughter and my soon-to-be daughter-in-law, we had so much fun with the samples that she sent and they smell so good. So that's all I'm going to say. So welcome, so Heather. Glad you liked it. Yeah. Thank you for having me. First of all, I'm glad you like the products. My name is Heather Mariana. I am the founder and CEO of Beauty Kitchen, an all-natural skincare company. I'm also the co-founder and chairwoman of Mariana Naturals, which is my Canadian brand that is going public on the Canadian Stock Exchange. So I'm so excited about that. And we create all-natural skincare and products for men and women. What makes our products different is we actually own the factories where all of our stuff is made. We don't have any middlemen, so we are the manufacturer. What's great about that is not only can I create my own brand, but we've helped hundreds of other people and other brands create their brand as well by offering women who want to maybe start their own skincare line and maybe don't have the money to, as you know, maybe order 10,000 units and do packaging and all these things like Lisa was talking about. It could get kind of expensive. We can offer low minimums. I can help them design their products, their labels, formulate their, if they want a skin cream or a spray or all that and get them off and running. That's interesting. So 
you help other entrepreneurs use your products as a base to make their products. Yes. That's, that's awesome. So yes. How did you decide on that market? How did you decide on that niche? I decided to do that. Honestly, it was a few years ago. We decided to do the private label thing when a friend of mine actually came to me and she wanted to start her own skincare line. And I thought, well, why don't I just help you? And now I've, I've literally helped create hundreds of brands, which I think is amazing because we can all kind of spread the love and all help each other. I mean, that's what it's all about, especially now in 2021, after the 2020 we had with COVID, we had to deal with a lot of different things. As a business owner, I had to take my stores uh, from being open one day to strictly curbside. And it was a, a lot of learning and a lot of adapting in 2020. So I think going into 2021 for my company, we're focused on a lot of different things and, you know, kind of trying to stay ahead of the curve. We actually just launched a new skin diagnostic tool, which launched January 2nd. I'm so excited about it. If you go to beautykitchen.net or mariana.ca, you can scroll down to skin diagnostics and it actually uses AI technology that will scan your skin and give you a skin score. So you'll get wrinkles, dark circles, texture, scores, and it'll show your skin age. And with that, you hit show recommendations. And then there you go. It tells you the products that you should use from our brand according to your scores. Now, since we know with COVID, usually you can walk into a Sephora, you can walk into a Macy's or wherever, and you get all these skincare samples, right? Or you can talk to some girl and ask her what to use for your face. And they don't know your skin. They're just an employee. They don't know every brand. They're just going to try to sell you the most expensive thing. So since you can't get advice, you can't get samples, you can't do all that stuff. Now you can just go to our website, scan, and it gives you exact products for your skin scores. So where is your factory located? We have three factories in a shipping warehouse and we are located in Boulder City, Nevada, which is just outside of Henderson, outside of Vegas. Okay, the other question I have is MSDS sheets, material safety data sheets. Yeah, yeah. Um, do you provide those and do you do the testing? Yes, and I have the sort of COMs, GMP, all that stuff. Okay, and the other thing is, what is your background in uh, skincare? You might've mentioned that before. No, I actually started in my garage. Well, I started making skincare when I was like a teenager because I had really bad skin. And I quit my corporate job, long story short, 2012. I was didn't really work. I uh, was like, what do I want to do? All my friends were like, you need to go on YouTube and show people how to make this stuff because you've cleared my face up. I mean, we would be in the middle of wherever on vacation and I would clear my friend's face up with stuff that I would take from the hotel's kitchen, you know? And so I started doing that. Then I became an herbalist and I just started formulating more stuff and the rest is history. I started on YouTube and I was working out of my garage. Now I've got three stores, <laughs> three factories, a lot of bills, <laughs> <laughs> self-taught but it sounds like you know all the regulations and oh absolutely and yeah yeah absolutely so i will say i've been using the rose water uh you know it's great for your hands like i wash my hands probably five thousand times a day well, it's a little bit of an exaggeration but you know what i mean in this time when everybody's washing their hands all the time i yeah. put it on my hands and it really makes a difference your website is beautykitchen.net yes and we can find you on social media, Heather Mariana, right? Yep. Or Beauty Kitchen Junkie, Mariana Naturals. I'm pretty easy to find. Passage to Profit, The Inventor Show on WOR 710, The Voice of New York. Richard and Elizabeth Gearhart, our special guest today, Lisa Escalese. We will be right back. There's never been a better time to start your own business. The opportunities are infinite and only limited by your imagination and enthusiasm. At Gearhart Law, we believe the most successful companies all have one thing in common. They start with a solid foundation first. Gearhart Law has years of experience protecting entrepreneurs, ideas, and brands using patent, trademark, and copyright protection. So if you have a new consumer product, a new software application that you're planning to build or sell, or a brand or company name that you want to protect, contact the experts at www.gearheartlaw.com. Our professionals will create a custom strategy designed to fit your needs and your budget. All of our attorneys are passionate about protection, licensed and qualified to represent you before the United States Patent and Trademark Office. Don't start your project without calling us first. Visit gearheartlaw.com. Together, we can change the world. Visit G-E-A-R-H-A-R-T-L-A-W.com. This ad has been read by a non 
attorney spokesperson. Now more with Richard and Elizabeth. Passage to profit. I wish we had another couple hours. I wish we did. Really? Yeah, if, we, if we were paid $120 million like Howard Stern, <laughs> I'm sure we could work in a few more minutes, but unfortunately, we're not there yet. So. My heart loves us, but not that much. <laughs> but they gave us these much. flowers. <laughs> <for everything. laughs> so along that vein, from iHeart, Kenya Gibson picks up the P at iHeartMedia.com for all of your radio needs and digital marketing needs. And your heart law does a lot of work with iHeart and we've been very pleased to talk to Kenya or if you want to be on the radio anywhere in the country. So we're on in New York, but they go nationwide, actually worldwide with their app. So talk to Kenya. Our guest speaker was Lisa Ascalis and her website is inventing a to Z, inventing a T O Z.com. So she helps inventors soup to nuts from conception to QVC. <laughs> so if you have any needs, we highly recommend that people work with professionals on their projects because there are so many ripoff artists out there and she'll protect you. Then we have Bongai Malloy, nchildmarriages.org, saving young girls from a lifetime of misery, one child at a time. For $300, you could go to the website and you can save one of these precious children. So then if you think that nobody's having events or it just can't be done, you're wrong because Michael Blue has eventhub.net and way out of the box solutions for expos and all sorts of things these days. In fact, he's doing a pet adoption expo on February 20th in the Los Angeles region, asking for shelters to sign up. And our final presenter was Heather Mariana, beautykitchen.net. And what's so interesting, I, I love her products. She sent me some. She has her own factories in the U.S. She uses natural products, but she also helps other entrepreneurs by giving them the base ingredients so that they can formulate their own formulations on a very small scale to see if they work or not. Thank you all for coming. And it was a fabulous show. Lisa, do you have any final words of wisdom for our audience before we sign off? I do. I, I want to thank you, Richard and Elizabeth, and of course, Kenya for this platform. It's amazing. And congratulations on your 100th radio show. I'm in awe. That we're here, so. <laughs> and for having me here to experience these amazing entrepreneurs. Thank you for doing what you're doing. I'm so inspired by all of you today. I really am. Uh, you can email me also, info at inventingatoz.com. Give me a call, 732-647-5433. And just continue to do what you're doing, marketing and branding, because, I mean, this was wonderful. I never would have known anything about any of you and love to be able to bring you to QVC, possibly. Heather, I don't know where you are. Um, certainly, Bongay, love to support your organization. And Michael, without a doubt. I'll be connecting with you. By the way, you look like Ryan Seacrest from here. Um, <laughs> Thanks, <Richard. laughs> so now you've got to go to our YouTube channel and see this. Yeah, <laughs> yeah got, you got to see this. Well, our, our pleasure to have you. Lisa Kenya, before we leave, do you have any final thoughts? I wanted to say thank you to everybody who came to speak today. I learned a lot. It was great information. You're doing wonderful things. And I wanted to just say congratulations to you both again on your 100th episode. I mean, we have conversations about this show internally and word on the street is you are the most well-oiled machines in the <laughs> business. So um, you should be very proud of yourselves and you do a great job. So thank you. Well, thank, thank you very you. much. We're, we're having the time of our lives here. We also want to thank the whole IR team. Noah Fleischman, our producer who takes all of this and makes sense out of it. Thank you, Noah. Don't forget to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and sign up to our YouTube channel. This is Richard and Elizabeth Gerhardt on our 100th episode. You're listening to WOR 710, the voice of New York.